This is Client Side from Fox Agency. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about. Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Lucy Bennett-Bags is the founder and CEO of Force for Good, a purpose-driven entrepreneur with 15 years of experience in philanthropy, marketing, and CSR. She is also a founder of two other businesses, Just Challenge and Force for Good. Force for Good is a tech for good app where people, companies, and charities connect to drive change, helping the charity sector meet more of the needs of disadvantaged people around the world. Lucy, welcome to ClientSide. Thanks, Nathan. Super excited to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. I I thought a good place to start would be for you to bring us up to date with the state of CSR today. How has giving and the role of business changed in the last 20 years and and where are we today? Yeah, it's a really good question. And it's um, something that I believe has evolved significantly over sort of certainly my career, but over, over the last couple of decades. And CSR for for businesses, corporates, brands was back in the day a writing a check for a charity that aligned to your ambitions and, and goals as a business. And that was kind of sufficient and it was a tick box exercise and not everybody did it. Some companies did and, and some companies didn't. And purpose and what a company stands for has just become front and center now of almost all touch points within an organization. So employees care about it, customers care about it, the marketing team are are talking about it, and it's more important than ever before for CSR and ESG to be to be front and center of, of company strategies. And I guess I've seen that evolution um, throughout my career is it's sort of moved from being a nice to have and a, a tick box exercise and the occasional check to a charity to actually being a core vital part of companies' strategies. And I just think that's going to become more and more apparent um, throughout the next five to 10 years. I and mean, we've just got out of, of COP26 and we can see the, the issues the world is, is facing, but also the, the pivotal role that companies can play in, in adjusting their strategies and becoming more focused on their ESG commitments. Um, so I think it's changing a lot, ultimately. I think that companies that will do very well in the future and attract brilliant talent and and customers that are loyal to to their brands and their products are going to be those that have solid commitments to ESG and CSR. Well, let's talk a little bit about your background and sort of how you got started before we talk about what you're doing with Force for Good. You started your career at HSBC, a company with over 300,000 people. That's, in your words, the size of a small town, which, which <laughs> it is. What, what did you learn about the willingness of people and the company in general to kind of give back and the role that big business could have in that? Yeah, I mean, I was incredibly lucky to start my career at HSBC. I think of all the companies out there, it provided me the most incredible foundation and experience as a young graduate coming into the corporate world. Um, So I joined on their their graduate program and 
spent seven years moving through the organization and ultimately ending up in marketing partnerships, teams with a real focus on the community and and giving back through such a large corporate. And you know what? Yeah, HSBC was brilliant in terms of willingness of employees to give their time and resource back to causes. And being within such a large organization just really opened my eyes to the the impact and, and scale of employees' ability to give back and and drive impact within such a large organization. Fast forward a few years and, and you set up an agency called Just Challenge. Tell us a little bit about that company. Yeah, so I was with HSBC for, for seven years and ended up in their partnerships, sponsorship and CSR team. And for me, I felt there was a huge gap in the market for an agency that was helping corporates activate their purpose well. Um, so I was doing a lot of work and volunteering internally on CSR initiatives within HSBC and just found myself really engaging employees in it and taking them along the journey of HSBC's commitment to charity and and giving back. And I felt there was an opportunity to set up an agency and do that um, for other corporates. So in 2017, I left HSBC and set up Just Challenge, that's an agency that, that works with large corporates on their charity partnerships um, and helps them activate it. So whether that's through digital, through events, we've organized and delivered these incredible experiences around the world that raise money for charity and really engage employees and customers in their their purpose. So really helping corporates move away from just writing a check to actually bringing their employees on the journey, making sure they feel part of it and amplifying their commitments. So yeah, and it, and it was it is and it has been an incredible experience. So I, I left HSBC in 2017. They were our first client. Um, so we worked very closely with them in campaigns around Asia that supported their partnership with WWF. So that was from comms, PR, events, treks, employee engagement, all sorts. And then worked with the likes of Arsenal Football Club, KPMG, Laurier Sport for Good, and lots of big corporates on helping them really activate what they're they're doing in cause and their purpose. You set up Force for Good in April 2021. What's the founding vision of the of the business? And tell us what impacts you hope to make. Yeah, so Force for Good is what I like to call uh, my happy accident because. <laughs> I, as we sort of touched on before, I've spent a long time working with corporates in activating their their purpose across their organizations. And COVID then hit, which made it very hard for us to do anything in person with our corporate charity partners, corporate and charity partners, sorry. And so for me, we very quickly, when COVID hit a couple of years ago, we very quickly started looking for digital solutions. So ways that people, companies, corporates, brands could engage with 
charity giving, um, but in a digital way. And so we've set up Force for Good, which ultimately is a community-led platform that companies can use to engage their people in their purpose. So you your employees join the app. It's a white-labeled um, platform to your, your brand, and you can do all of your charity fundraising, your matching, challenges, clubs, um, social elements, all within Force for Good. So we've piloted it with Barclays. It was a huge success, raised a quarter of a million US dollars for their, their charity. Um, and we're now rolling it out globally, which is, yeah, it's very exciting. But it was certainly a... Um, a product of challenging times with COVID and forcing businesses to pivot around the world. And we were definitely an example of that. Definitely. And as you say, everybody wants to do something. Um, I think there's a, a willingness with a lot of people around the world. There's an, there's an acknowledgement, first and foremost, that the world is not perfect <laughs> and that yeah, there are challenges well, that we well, have, yeah. right? And um, there's a willingness, an increasing willingness, especially with younger people. I'll, I'll let you talk to that. It may not be younger people necessarily. It may be across all ages and, and, and demographics. But th- there's a willingness for a lot more people to do something now to change or have some kind of impact on the challenges that we're having in the world. And that speaks to, I guess, the demand and the need for something like Force for Good. And a lot of people, I guess, just don't know where to start. And how to start sort of giving back or helping people that are disadvantaged. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if you look at the last 20 years, I mean, we've been through the the decade of connectivity in the 2000s, where Facebook became big and messengers and um, Instagram came to life. And suddenly we were connected with everybody and anybody that we wanted to around the world. Mm-hmm. The last decade was very much around what we look at as the the decade of convenience. So everything was at our fingertips. You can order food or takeaways or or a um, pen from exactly. Amazon that would just one pen. <laughs> totally, right. everything is so easy. Right, and so millennials and and the younger generation are they've lived through that. So they're used to everything being on their phones, at their fingertips. And they're very much used to this connected world of two-way communication. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it's really important and where we think there's a a big gap in the market is really making giving back and doing more very accessible and very easy. Mm. And at the moment, it's quite a fragmented market like their charity. I mean, if you want to make a donation, you go onto Google and then you sort of get lost in looking at different websites and or you might make a donation through a sort of justgiving.com but it's very transactional and actually for for people to be able to download an app and and do more whether that's making a donation it's offsetting it's taking part in a charity run there's there's so many different ways that people can give back and we just want to make that much more connected and much more accessible so tell us what the platform looks like from a user's perspective. Explain some of the features. 
Yeah, so a user logs on to, to Force for Good, and the first thing that they're asked is the causes that they care about. So those are aligned to the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals. Hmm. Um, so I might join Force for Good and say I'm passionate about gender equality, climate change, and mental health, for example. And I then come into the platform, and because the platform knows what I'm passionate about, I'm served content, charities, campaigns, challenges, impact circles, opportunities to give back that aligns to the causes that I'm I'm passionate about, and the opportunity to connect with like-minded people within sort of local environments and globally that are, that are equally passionate about the causes that I am. So it's really just bringing that all into to one platform, but making it more connected and, and more accessible. And we've got, so we've partnered up with um, 150 charities, but also um, a database of nearly 2 million um, UK and US charities so that people can reach the charities that they're passionate about too within the within the app so we're just making it easier and more connected and and ultimately for charities just giving them access to a more engaged and wider audience um and i think that's one of their biggest struggles particularly through covid19 and it's it's been an incredibly challenging time for charities speaking about accessing a, a wider audience how do you think about growing the user base i mean you've you've built a fantastic product there's clearly a, a huge gap and a, a pain in the market um that you are addressing with this but now your challenge is awareness user acquisition and, and user growth how, how do you think about growing the user base yeah it's a really good question and one that we so in terms of, for us we've got a couple of user acquisition strategies that that run in parallel I my key priority um, as a leader of a of a tech startup is product led growth. So ensuring that our product promotes virality and easy adoption across users. So a really good example of that is we've built these impact circles. So it's groups of people that come together and they choose the charity or multiple charities that they want to support as a collective. So that might be a group of employees it might be a group of people that are passionate about alzheimer's or beach cleanups locally like it's giving as a collective and in order for that to work we've built in all the features to invite friends and gamification and rewarding people for for ultimately bringing people onto the platform for us so my key focus is where we can to drive product-led growth because we've got a brilliant product that is very easily adoptable and can bring people onto the platform organically. That's obviously brilliant for, for the business. In parallel, we work very closely with our charity partners. Um, they don't pay to be on the platform, but we work closely with them to bring their audiences onto onto force for good so for example um we're doing a great big thank you run for the nhs and their nhs charities together and so we will work very closely with them on partnership marketing and and co-promoting that 
campaign because obviously they're the beneficiary of that and it makes total sense for them to use us as a platform to drive fundraising and engagement. And then we've got our sort of typical, I say traditional because it's not that traditional in the tech sense, but marketing strategies around acquisition, digital marketing, um, PR and and everything that you would expect. So lots going on, particularly um, as we were sort of very, very early stages at the moment. So we will get lots of data and, and learn a lot, I'm sure, over the next few months. But those are our key growth strategies at the moment. Really exciting. And and what have you learned about how to drive long-term growth in both individual giving and that on the part of companies or corporates? What What's the best way you found to deliver that long-term growth in, in giving? Yeah, look, I think for me, and we say it to our charities all the time, and, and hence why we're passionate at building what we're, we're building, but community management is so important. And I think we all know that or we all have experienced making a donation to a charity and potentially getting a direct email to say thank you. And it's like in today's world, that's not going to incentivize me to give again. Sure. Like I want to I want to know where my money's going. I want to build a relationship up. And when you start to when it feels tangible and it feels real and it feels like you're really making a difference, you're then inclined to do it again. And we just did a campaign where we we funded some families in in Bali. I mean, Bali's on its knees at the moment with um, no tourism, and you can see, like, we saw directly what the families that were receiving the the food packages and and you want to keep giving because you you really feel like you're you're making a difference. So I think that the charities that do very well are the charities that are privileged enough I guess to be able to run their charities like businesses and they emphasize the importance of two-way communication of community management of nurturing their customers ultimately um, and not just seeing them as transactional donors and actually nurturing and developing those relationships for long-term growth and recurring giving Hmm. because I mean recurring giving is like there's a stat somewhere and I can dig it out but it's like seven times more valuable than a one-off donation I can imagine yeah yeah so tell us what else is exciting you what else is on the horizon as we look towards 2022 in CSR yeah is there anything else that is really exciting you as we turn the corner into next year yeah I mean I don't know whether it's exciting or nerve wracking or, or what it is. <laughs> stressful. But stressful. Um, but I, I mean, I think the world is work, waking up to climate change. And I sure. think we are in a this period of time that we'll never experience again. And I'm nervous that the corporates and companies that really can make a difference through this this crisis won't respond in the way that they need to i'm excited because we're seeing leaders and businesses waking up to it so i guess yeah there's two sides to how i feel about about the future i'm excited because i think millennials and the younger generation are very adamant about what they stand for And we're going through a a period of time where they won't work and they won't support companies that aren't doing good and and don't have the planet and people 
right. in mind. And I think right. that's exciting because I think that will change the way that that we do business and the way that, that companies strategize around it. You touched on the millennial um, divide there. And I actually sort of mentioned it earlier on in the conversation. Is there a generational divide between those people who tend to give more and who are more purpose orientated on a more, I want to say, connected to the plight of others around the world that they're not connected to? Have you seen any discernible differences between the younger generation and the older generation in terms of helping and giving back? Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, you can really segment this market, um, not just by age, but but by locations. And we've done a lot of work on the World Giving Index and, and the data that comes out out that it's incredibly interesting to see how different countries and demographics are supporting globally um, and obviously you see increased giving as, as people get older but they've got more access to wealth and disposable income and sure so that doesn't give a true reflection i don't think of of how the younger generation care because mm. they do but they're giving on a lesser level because of their access to disposable disposable income sure i yeah i think that um there's definitely more advocacy and campaigning from the younger generation than there ever was um with previous generations and i think their voices and their actions are very, very likely to dictate how businesses and and leaders respond to giving and 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 purpose and activating the UN SDGs across their their respective companies and and countries. Last couple of questions, Lucy, and then I'll I'll let you go. Um, I, I can't let you go without asking a question about about women in tech you probably get asked this question all the time <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask you as well there's just been so much written about women in, in tech or the lack thereof as well as a number of other sort of minorities as well i say minorities women are not the minority they're actually 51 percent in the uk yeah. but um but you wouldn't you wouldn't think it by the representation in in, in tech companies what's your experience been and, and how do we get more women and minorities into the sector? Yeah, it's a really good question and one I'm very passionate about. And once I've sort of got through this mad phase of launching the business, it's going to definitely be something that I vocally support and really push um, on. But I mean, 97% of capital goes to male founders. Hmm. So female founders in tech are 3% of venture capital, which is just shocking. Mm. I mean, in a world, the world that we live in now, where we're trying to drive gender equality and, and hero women doing, doing more, that needs to, to change. And I think it is. I think it is. There are there are companies and and investors and venture capitalists and tech advisors that are very focused on on supporting women and and accelerating that change. We've got a very very long way to go, and the tech space is is very male dominated. And you've just got to sort of look at the stats and and the stories around there, and that that it always has been. So. I think change is happening. I think it's going to take time. And it was sort of getting better over the last couple of years. We were seeing that gap 
closed slightly, um, but it's gone downhill recently. So I think that more can certainly be done to support women in in tech and access to capital and expertise and, and support to successfully launch their businesses. Now, that said, that there's definitely opportunities for, for women and surrounding yourself by brilliant women that have that have also done it, but but also allies in, in men um, has certainly helped us through our journey of, of an early stage tech startup as a female founder. Hmm. Well said. And and Lucy, my final question, what advice would you give to aspiring young female technology leaders on how best to navigate their careers? Um, think long and hard before you jump into it. It's very hard work. <laughs> um, and no, I mean, all jokes aside, when you start your own tech company or any business, really, it becomes 24-7. I mean, it is all encompassing and it's exciting, but it's a roller coaster. There are some real highs and there's some real lows. Mm. And I, I, I mean, I dream about it. I think about it. 24 7 and i absolutely love what i do but it is very very different to a nine-to-five job Hmm. and so i think that my advice to anyone starting is it's the best thing i've ever done and i'm so passionate about what i do and it gets me out of bed every morning and and i love the thrill of of being an entrepreneur but it is you need to to be resilient and it requires a lot of mental strength. So my advice would be to sort of thoroughly research and ensure that you're jumping into something that is sustainable and has potential for, for growth and it's an exciting space uh, at the moment. But most importantly, surround yourself by brilliant people because you will not get there on your own. Mm. And that's the best piece of advice somebody gave me at the beginning is the more people you can surround yourself with that are heroing you, that are celebrating you, that are introducing you to new people that are on the end of the phone when something goes wrong is is so important because entrepreneurship can be an incredibly lonely journey. And so it's really important to have that support network when times are tough, but also the support network when when things are going well. Mm, couldn't agree more. Lucy, thank you very much for doing this. Very welcome. It's great to chat. Thanks, Nathan. If you'd like to share any comments on this episode or any episode of Client Side, then find us online at fox.agency. If you'd like to appear as a guest on the show, please email zoe at fox.agency. The people that make the show possible are Jennifer Brennan, our booker slash researcher. David Clare is our head of content. Ben Fox is our executive producer. I'm Nathan Alibaba. You've been listening to Client Side from Fox Agency. Join us next time on Client Side, brought to you by Fox Agency.